0: Welcome to the party, everybody. I'm Sam Ekstrom here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Wolves keep leading the West, and the schedule gets softer. We'll talk about it all on today's Minnesota Basketball Party.
1: This is Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Wolves Talk every Wednesday here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. So glad you've joined us. Watching on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, perhaps the 24-7 YouTube live stream here. Please subscribe, get access to that. And you can also hear us on the Locked On Wolves audio feed wherever you get your podcasts, the SiriusXM app, Amazon Fire, and Roku. Lots of ways to watch and listen here at Locked Sports Minnesota. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And a lot to get to on today's show. The Wolves with a huge win over the Clippers on Sunday. Now the schedule gets a little lax for Minnesota. Can they stockpile wins against lesser opponents? Halfway mark superlatives. The season is halfway over. We'll go through the first half of the season in superlative fashion. And, of course, as always, predict the week ahead. Let's meet today's panel with our opening tip.
2: What's happening? Reggie Wilson from Care 11. And you know what? I think, and it's not really hot take season here, but I think the Wolves will go as far as Rudy Gobert's defense takes them. And I'm Ron Johnson, former Gophers wide
3: receiver, gopher sports hall of famer and i'm a basketball fan but i also played basketball growing up and in high school and i am feeling a little detroitish today because that's where i'm from so i'm gonna say the timberwolves hopefully they don't let the pistons realize they only have one shot and this might be it uh, Shout out I'm, Eminem. J- <laughs> <laughs> I'm jack
1: borman editor-in-chief of canis coast coast co- co- of the lockdown wolves postcast with uh with luke inman here Um, and I think the Clippers one was the most encouraging one of the season so far. And, uh, and I'll tell you why.
0: And once again, I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm running point here on this show, the Minnesota basketball party also find me and the rest of our crew here on lockdown sports, Minnesota on the Minnesota football party, Mondays and Thursdays, the Ron Johnson show on Tuesdays and our round table on Fridays with Ron, Reggie, and Julia Daniels. We have a lot of fun on there as well. Let's get into it, guys. The last time the Wolves took the court came up with a huge win against maybe one of the biggest threats in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Clippers. It was 109-105 on the scoreboard when the game ended. Probably wasn't that close. The Wolves outplayed the Clippers by quite a bit. Clippers got hot late, hit a million threes, cut that thing down, made the Wolves sweat just a little bit. But Minnesota led by 16 in that second half, late in the third quarter, maybe even in the fourth quarter as well. So a, a fairly convincing win over a formidable foe, a foe, by the way, who just beat the Thunder last night by 11, Reggie Wilson. I mean, that was a quality win for the Wolves who've been fighting it a little bit. They get back on their home court. Uh, and like Chris Finch said, got their mojo back.
2: Yeah, they did. It's it's interesting because like, if you talk to like people around the league and like the the national pundits and all that like they will say that the Clippers are probably like outside of the Nuggets like the team to beat in the West just because like Harden is playing you know better than he has in 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 the recent past and you got a healthy Kawhi just playing all these minutes this is really weird <laughs> considering mm-hmm. um what we've seen from Kawhi the last what five six years And then Paul George is just as steady as they come. You know, I think he, to me, is like one of the more, and it's crazy to say this because I think he is like one of the league's like superstars, but it seems like he's one, he's still kind of like underrated in that, you know, but he's a guy who could just like go get you a bucket whenever. And also just heat check you whenever. And so I think a win like that against, a Clippers team that many believe is going to be in contention to come out of the West. Like, I think that is the Timberwolves saying like, Hey, we are here. And I thought it was interesting uh, listening to Mike Connolly yesterday and how he talked about like, Hey, like these type of wins are just giving us more and more confidence. Like if we get down 10 and, and we're like, Hey, like we've been here before and it, it just gives them the confidence to lock in. He said, and, and focus and really, you know, try to try to go get a dub because they don't feel like they're the same old Timberwolves. And so I think a win like that really just kind of shows like, hey, this Timberwolves team is different. And I feel like we keep saying it, but that's something that that is like the proof <laughs> in the pudding. And I mentioned Rudy Gobert. Look, he was four for five from the field. He played 37 minutes, 14 free throws from Rudy. He made 14. Uh, he made seven of them. And he had 18 rebounds. I think if you get that type of production from Rudy Gobert, like that was there was a a block shot on Kawhi from Rudy that really sticks out in my mind. And I'm just like, man, like if you're gonna get that type of effort from Rudy on both ends, I love the Euro. Ron, did you see that Euro that Rudy did? That was that was real nice, right there. <laughs> I just that that to me is just very encouraging. And I feel like when he's playing well. The other guys are just feeding off of his energy.
3: Yeah, for me, this is the way I look at it. I like the Clippers as a team, but what I got from this—I don't know if you guys saw this leaked audio—they call it now. Everybody keeps getting this leaked audio. Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Edwards, and it wasn't like they're—they're they're blowing it up like it was a big deal. It's not a big deal what he said. I mean, Reggie, you know this. I mean, anybody that's hooped, you know this is just two dudes talking crap when they're hooping. And he basically said it's the young guys versus the old dudes. Basically, like, get out my way. And Kawhi was like, nah, that ain't happening. And then, of course, he makes the free throw so he doesn't get a chance to show him. But he kind of shoves Kawhi out the lane, like, man. And then he's kind of, like, flexes a little bit, runs down the court. I like that. Like, that's what I got from the game. A guy that puts up 33 points but still is competing. Still telling these old, like, because if, if you're a fan of basketball, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, LeBron James, Steph Curry. That's the old guard of players. Like that's that's like the the Isaiah Thomas with the with the towel on his head walking off the court as Michael Jordan beats him. That's the Larry Bird heading off the court as Isaiah Thomas beats him. Like I think this is just the time now where Anthony Edwards is like, "All right, I'm I'm next. Like it's my turn. So you old dudes, I don't care what y'all did in the past. I don't care how many championships you won. I don't care how many big shots you hit in games. I'm stronger than you, man. Like you too old for this." And I love that because A lot of guys walk into these games versus superstars and they're ready to trade jerseys and handshake and be boys. I respect, I guarantee Kawhi respects Anthony Edwards more after that game than he would have if he had fanboyed him during the game. And that's the big difference in what we're seeing in this Timberwolves team. The other thing, and I watched the whole first quarter when I was at uh, the gym on the Stairmaster, because that's the only way I kind of get valleys now, but this is what I got from the first quarter. When you think about Kat, Cat, I was about to say Cat Williams, Cat, Carly D. Towns, his entry pass. I don't know if you guys saw this. He got it to the top of the key. It was early. It was like this was probably five to two, maybe five to five. But he gets it at the top. He tries to be the distributor, and he throws the ball out of bounds. Immediately, you see everybody look at him like, dude, that's not your job. Like, stop like give it give it to a guard who can make an entry pass because this ain't you man be a pick and pop guy stay at the top of the key hit three and the rest of that like first quarter he didn't do it again he didn't try to be the distributor he got the ball he handed it off to the next guy he didn't found his spot they kicked it back to him he hit a three he moved around he drove and drove the lane on the guy even on the one where i thought he was about to whine a little bit he got bumped missed the ball they somehow got a steal. I don't know if it was Kyle Anderson or who did it. He kicked it back. He like Rudy Go- or uh, Carlton was still in the play. He kicked it back to him. That's the kind of stuff that's going to make this team win. One, Anthony Edwards showing that I'm the guy now. And two, Carlton Towns playing his role. And I think that's going to be the key for this team. And I agree with the Go Bears too. Like if Go Bear, when you – I talked about this last time they lost. When they are losing in the rebound area, it's tough. When Rudy Go there – it's even or they're dominating and i think that's the big key. They're not giving guys second shots. Also James Harden he looks very indecisive right now. Like he's not like normally he's step back three dribble i mean it's almost like he doesn't know where he fits in this team. It's too many guys. And that's the other thing i know is about the clippers. Like James Harden i don't know if maybe that was the Timberwolves game. I haven't watched enough clippers games to know, but that game he looked indecisive early. Like normally if he has any space, he's throwing it up. He was wide open for a three and passed it. I'm like, that's not the Harden I know.
0: Yeah, Clips have been rolling since um, December 1st. Best record in the NBA since then. And it's kind of one of those teams, Jack, and you think this was the best win of the year, where L.A., they do have so much firepower that Harden can't have an off night. And then you still got Kawhi and Paul George. Or, you know, two of the big three are not going to be shut down, typically, Uh, most nights. That's why it's such a quality win for the Wolves. Yeah, you're
1: exactly right. I mean, and and Harden has been a huge reason why for most of these He's done an awesome job of of getting other guys involved and and creating a ton of wide open spot threes for the Clippers. I mean, and you saw it, they shot like 44% from three. Um, And that game was a huge reason why they came back. Um, But yeah, what I loved about this game is that it felt like a true playoff game, right? In that uh, both teams were trying a bunch of different stuff on on both sides of the ball, scheme wise. I mean, the, the Timberwolves um, did a great job offensively of putting Carl Anthony Towns uh, in the corner uh, with the starting unit, uh, you know, which is something that they did uh, in Boston. Uh, it's another thing that they, uh, are, you know, did in Orlando was a huge reason why uh, they got out to a great start there, um, and they did it again. Uh, in this one. And I thought that when that happens, um, you know, it just creates so much more spacing on the offensive end of the floor allows uh, Anthony Edwards to have so much more space when he's in that pick and roll game with Rudy Gobert. Um, and you have three really good spot up shooters around, um, around that duo and McDaniels Conley and towns that, that really puts the defense in a bind. And so kind of opens up that that drive and kick floor game Um, and and the Timberwolves generated a ton of really good uh, three-point shots I mean they only took 26 threes but they made 13 of them and and almost all of them were were really good looks which was um, really impressive from an offensive standpoint for them to be able to find that Um, and, and then you know the fact that the Timberwolves played eight guys I thought was was pretty telling that Chris Finch really really wanted this game pretty bad and um you know and and within that eight-man rotation I mean you think about how much the Timberwolves length bothered Kawhi Harden and PG and it was a huge reason why none of them really were able to find any type of sustained rhythm throughout the game um Anthony Edwards and and Jade McDaniels specifically were were incredible uh, on on Paul George and Kawhi um and the Timberwolves switched one through four up top so Carl Anthony Towns Kyle Anderson also deserve credit for the way that they were able to slide their feet keep guys in front of them and um in play and i really liked that when russell westbrook was in the game the timberwolves guarded him with a center they just did not respect his jump shot at all they welcomed him to to take any type of jump shot he wanted and and russ tried to drive the lane even with big guys waiting for him in the paint it just didn't work but but like reggie said this is another a really dominant rudy gobert game um i I think you know in, in some of the timberwolves more impressive wins this season um they forced a lot of mid-range shots, especially in that short mid-range, that 4 to 14 feet area. Um, the Clippers are normally a very good team in that area. When you think about Kawhi and PG and Harden and all the different floaters and little jump shots that those guys have, there are 7 of 20 uh, from the short mid-range, 0 of 7 from the long mid-range, which is kind of what that drop coverage that Rudy Gobert is, has become a staple of uh, forces opponents into. And so uh, when you think about them shooting 26% on those shots, um, yeah, I, I believe – um, you know, Luke and I talked about it in the in the postcast there, but uh, at the rim, uh, the, the Clippers shot 71%. They were 12 of 17 and everywhere else, they were 24 of 66, 36% on on pretty much anything that wasn't right at the rim. And so, um, yeah, and that's a lot of credit to, to Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns for, for the way that they've been able to to keep guys away from the rim. Um, and, and force them into really tough shots. And so I think the more the Timberwolves can uh, force teams into the half court and really you know, <laughs> make other teams beat their defense uh, in, in the half court, I, I think the more they're going to be able to win um, games like this in which you know, the Clippers can really put them in a bind uh, with the way the Clippers spread it out, um, ha- have four shooters on the floor a lot of the time, um, three really good offensive players at all times, um, and then the way they switch and play zone um, defensively, those are the types of defenses that uh, the Timberwolves have really struggled with, that they've played a lot of isolation basketball against those types of defenses. And so for them to, um, to, to get off to a really good start and then get punched in the mouth, really, um, and, and kind of take it and, and then uh, finish strong to the, to the finish line, uh, especially with the way Rudy Gobert did it. Four-made free throws. The Clippers bench clowned him all game for, for missing free throws. And we obviously know the history with him and the Jazz and the Clippers in that 2020 series. Um, mm-hmm. that, that had to yep. feel awfully good for Rudy Gobert to, to be to beat guys mm-hmm. like that.
0: And for the best post-game coverage of these big Wolves games, tune in to the Lockdown Wolves postcast. Jack Borman, Luke Inman, join the masses who are watching that show after each game. So The Wolves uh, lead the West by a game and a half right now over the, the Nuggets and the Thunder. They play tonight. And then Saturday's game against the Thunder, big one, marks the halfway point of the season. So we've got our halfway mark superlatives coming up on the Minnesota basketball party after this. Today's show brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, I got four categories here. Uh, let's look back at the first half of the Wolves season with some first-half superlatives here on the Minnesota Basketball Party. We'll keep this one moving, keep it fun, keep it fast. The biggest surprise from the first half of the year, Ron Johnson, let's kick it off with you.
3: Uh, my biggest surprise is going to be just Anthony Edwards' dominance and, and the fact that people are like starting to post videos saying, I've, never, I've seen a guy move like this before, but not since this guy. And I know they're talking about Michael Jordan, and when you watch it, you are seeing it. So just to hear that to me has been a huge surprise,
0: mm-hmm. Jack.
1: Yeah, for me, it's just how healthy Rudy Gobert has looked. Uh, I think last season, you know, was certainly the worst, like the worst case scenario of what could happen in year one after that trade. But um, but to see the way that that he's you know recovered physically and, and looks is more you know more dominant on both ends of the floor than he ever has. Um, certainly something that e- even I, who, who predicted the Timberwolves would be second in the West this season, um, didn't think he would get back to at least this quickly. So, um, I mean, that's, that's all the credit to, to go bear in the way that, you know, he's been able to take care of his body for, for getting back into this shape. Cause it's, it's been, it's been awesome to watch.
0: I too would say Rudy Gobert's resurgence. And it's interesting because you compare his stats last year to his stats this year. He's shooting a lower percentage. His free throws are a lower percentage. Scoring is down a little bit. Rebounds are up about three-quarters of a rebound. Blocks, been a big resurgence. A lot more blocks. Um, but generally, they're the same. So why does it feel like he's so much better? Why, why does it look like he's so much better? It's the intangibles. It's the shots that he repels. The stuff that doesn't show up on the box score. Um, his length. His impact in the lane, repelling uh, slashers trying to get to the rim. That's why it looks different. Stuff that wasn't happening last year is happening this year that goes so far beyond the box score. And isn't he like one of the leaders in dunks in the NBA too? like the the lob is in full play with Mike Conley, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Reggie Wilson, your biggest surprise.
2: Uh, I think it's just the the magic of chris finch like figuring this thing out with the the big man when they signed nas reed i was like he's deserving but i'm like man they got three bigs now you know when you commit that much money to a guy like nas reed it's like yeah you gotta you gotta find some some playing time for him in the rotation and finchie has done that you know you you see nas come in off the bench and he's like an instant microwave and he cooks and and he's you know big jelly is michael grady (laughs) (laughs) Caught him the other night, um. And so the best. you see, you see, Cat, you see, Rudy, and Nas all eating, um, in this Chris Fitch uh, system. And I think that's the biggest surprise for me.
0: All right, I've got one that's kind of on the negative side here in our uh, award season show. Biggest disappointment of the year from the first half. There aren't too many, but uh, there's probably a couple. Jack Borman, give us one.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it's got to be Shake Milton. Uh, I, I was pretty excited about about that signing, um, just because I thought the Timberwolves would be priced out of that uh, that competition. But uh, Shake Shake Milton's had a really high floor as a player in his NBA career. He's pretty much been right at nine points a game, three assists on on fifty one percent, you know, effective field goal shooting, and um, and, he, and he's been really consistent throughout. You know his years in Philadelphia, um, and and played in in a really kind of controlled role where it was very similar to what we expected he would play here, which is to be kind of that that backup point guard if you need it off the bench, or or you know backup bucket getter off the bench if you need, um, who's more than capable of filling in as a spot starter either at the one or the two, Um, and he did that incredibly well in Philadelphia, and it just hasn't been there um, so far this season. I mean, he's averaging uh, pretty much career worst across the board, Um, career worst in, you know, points, assists, uh, rebounds, steals, turnovers, um, you know, turnovers, I I guess, like per 36 minutes. But, um, yeah, it's just been unfortunate to watch because he was someone that I was really excited about. And and still, like, if, if Shake Milton got back to that, you know, it would be a huge help for this team because it's kind of exactly, you know, what they need and something that they're presumably going to be looking at acquiring at the trade deadline or in the buyout market. So, uh, yeah, hope that he can, he can really bounce back in the second half of the season, but I'd say the first half uh, for Shake Milton has been disappointing for sure.
0: Mine is the Boston game. 109-102, 2 minutes 15 seconds left, and you've got the ball. And they let that one slip away. Would have been the best win of the year. Maybe the Clippers game is now the best win of the year. Would have been the Boston game. That would have been epic. They were shorthanded. They flew in that day, and they let it slip. Haven't done that too much this year, but um, that that stunk. That was a huge bummer. My, that was my biggest disappointment. Couldn't sleep that night. Reggie?
2: Yeah, I was going to go shake as well. You think about last year's team, you no know, Austin Rivers, Brent Forbes, and and all that and then you you seemingly upgrade at that backup point guard position and you just haven't seen it from from shake i mean we talked about finchie doing the the eight man rotation in the last game and shake didn't even he didn't even get in the game it was it was a dnp coach's decision so when you got things like that happening with the guy that you brought in as a not a prized free agent, but a free agent that you expected to be a part of the rotation. I think that's a pretty disappointing thing. Ron. Um, for mine, so and and this is like nitpicky,
3: I guess I'll say. But Carl Anthony Towns rebounds. I feel like a guy at his size, and I get it, in this offense, he likes to stay up top. He likes to try to spread the floor and shoot jumpers because he's the best big man shooting. But I feel like he should have more than one offensive or one point whatever offensive rebound a game like this is a guy that could easily clean up the boards with rudy gobert have two to three offensive rebounds per game which also could be easy putbacks for easy points i was going to nitpick the three-point shooting because i think anthony edwards is the best and he's like 39th in the nba for three-pointers made per game but when you're number one i like that because it's like the warriors lived by the three and now they're dying by the three they're also dying because Draymond Green is is choking the life out of them. But I I I I look at the rebounds of, of The Towns. I feel like down the stretch, he's gonna have to be an additional guy to really clean up the boards. If they were to go back to old school basketball, because again, I was gonna talk about the AAU as ruined basketball. I'm not gonna do that today. But old school basketball where everybody had to find a guy when the ball went up, everybody crashed the ball boards when the ball went up. Carl Anthony Towns probably could easily have two more rebounds per game offensively, which probably turns into two to four more points a game, which helps you win games like that Celtics game. And and, and it's going to help you win an NBA championship. And I think that's the key. So that's the only it's nitpicky, but I just wish like when he knows he's not getting the three, start crashing the boards now. You're you're over 6 foot 10. You should be able to go down there and dominate some of the guys guarding you.
0: All right, next on the list, top chokehold of the year. Oh, no, that I'm sorry. <laughs> I read it wrong. It's uh it's actually top highlight real play from the first half of the season. I'm going to go recency bias. How about Carl Anthony Towns in the Clippers game after the whistle, going between the legs, dunk contest style, with his left uh, hand throwing it down, left handed, throw it down, big man. Wolves have had some good plays this year after whistles. Like, I think Nah had like a wacky left handed three in Boston after the whistle, and Anderson had a scoop shot that went like a mile in the air and went in against the Clippers, too. Like, some. The Wolves are at are the Harlem Globetrotters after the whistle this season. So that's uh my highlight reel plays didn't even count. Reg.
2: Um, I think uh you could just pick your any windmill Anthony Edwards dunk of the season. Like it's it's hard for me to to pick any one of those, but I think that's probably like the the big one for me or, or any, any Nas Reed dunk of the season as well. They, they just, both of those guys just seem to abuse the rim and just make Michael Grady jump out of his seat on a nightly basis. So I I, I go either of those two guys and their highlight reel dunks.
0: Nice Ron.
2: So for me, I, I agree
3: with what Reggie's saying, but I don't know if you guys remember the Celtics game where he kind of did a Michael Jordan type thing. He went to the right, kind of held it in one hand, double clutched it, and then put it up off the backboard. Without uh, was it Al Horford was running by him? Like it's not almost the dunks too for me. It's the decision making. Like he floats at a different pace. Also, I forgot whose guy is a uh, slow mo. Whose guy is that?
1: That's my guy. Is that I'm, your guy. I'm in on slow mo for sure. I'm
3: gonna yeah. give like the Clippers game. I watched slow mo. I'm going to give him his just due. Like, it feels like a travel because he sits on the ground for so long with that one foot in his little Euro <laughs> steppers. But it's it's effective. Like, it's almost like I'm like, man, at 44, I need to start playing like slow-mo at the gym now because mm-hmm. it's deceptive. It, it feels like he's going fast, but he's not. And then he takes that little step. And then the guy just goes flying by, and he's like watching the guy fly by like he's in the Matrix. His foot's still on the ground. They're not calling the travel because it's how he moves. And they're like, that's just his move. It's not a travel. But those are my two highlights. I just like the way Anthony Edwards can control his body, can float in the air. Like Even that one, he had in one hand, could have just had a layup, put it in two hands, let a fly by, double clutch, hit off the backboard. But the key was he looked controlled because some guys do those moves and they are out of control. He looks his body control. I don't know if he has a body guy like Kirk cousins, but whatever he did this off season, he looks very much in control of his body. But that that's the one for me. It felt a little Michael Jordan esque in that the way he just floated.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Jack. Yeah, I think it's a tie for me. There was, there was a sequence in the, in the win uh, over Boston in overtime where Ant just clamped Tatum, uh, like totally just made Tatum look like, he was like really intimidated by Ant. Uh, got a jump ball. Ant wins the jump ball. Then hits Mike Conley for a three to go up one. Then the next trip has this like ISO on the right wing and and just like totally like windshield wiper crossover step back to go up three. And then and the crowd was going bananas. So I think it's kind of like a tie between that. And then Cat needs his flowers, too. I mean, he, he's been, he been – I mean, we, we talk about Ant a lot in the fourth quarter, but, like, early on in the season, the first, like, 25, 30 games of the season, Carl Anthony Towns was awesome in the fourth quarter. And he had a huge game winner um, over the Pelicans back on, yep. on November 18th where the Wolves were down, I want to say, like, 14 or 15 points in the fourth quarter, and he capped off that comeback in a game that they had zero business winning. Um against a really shorthanded Pelican squad and, and put them over the top. So I'd, I'd say kind of a tie between those two.
0: Yeah. That was my honorable mention was the cat floater for the win um, against the Pellies. All right. One more in our halfway superlatives. Jack said that the Clippers game was the best win of the year. That's the category best win. I've, Jack, you sticking with that? You haven't changed your mind in the last 15 minutes.
1: I said it was the most encouraging win, uh, but, but not the best win in my mind. Oh. Uh, the, the best win in my mind was, over the Thunder on November 28th. Uh, Anthony Edwards got hurt in this game, and that was kind of when some of the mojo and the energy kind of started to shift with the Wolves, Um, and they kind of started to struggle a little bit after this. But I was there at Target Center. Troy Brown Jr., Nas Reed had 19 of the team's 30 points in the fourth quarter, and Rudy Gobert just completely dominated Chet Holmgren. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a game where it's like, looking back in hindsight, if they would have lost that game, like no one would have – you know, complained or really been the wiser just because you lose your best player. You know, it's obviously hard to overcome that against such a, a good team. Um, but the way they did that, I thought was, was really, really impressive. And, uh, and looking back on it, like that's a really important win uh, against a, you know, team that they're now jockeying with for playoff position, but um, also your record in your division uh, in the NBA is, you know, a really important tiebreaker. And so everyone in the division, um, you know, does matter. And so it was was cool to see the Wolves kind of overcome that ant injury and, and rise up and and see some kind of unsung heroes, if you will, win them a
0: game. Yeah, a lot to choose from. I'm going to go heat game on the road. Another game you had no business winning down 17. Come back to win that with some unbelievable shot making late where both teams couldn't miss and the Wolves just out I believe, a healthy Heat team on the road coming from way behind. Uh, so that's my Reggie Wilson.
2: So apparently the Wolves can't play the Celtics without going to overtime. And so I think that first one, um, I know the season was early on, but, you know, they they started the season losing two of their first three, and then they host Boston, they take them to overtime, and they beat them, and I'm like, I think that was one of the wins where you start to think, like, huh, okay, could this Wolves team be a little bit different? You know, Ant goes for 38 points, and you know, it's always a thing when he and Jalen go against one another, and you know, I think that was a that was a, a little bit of an early season statement win. Uh, we saw what happened the, the next time they played Boston, but they got they got them at home with that. 16 and two home records so um that was one of the that was one of the 16
0: yep and ron
2: yeah i was gonna go with the same one uh for a different reason though like when you look at ant in the in the the
3: overtime scored eight points the celtics scored eight points so Ant just needed help from two other guys to help beat the celtics in overtime it's basically ant versus the, the celtics in overtime he took over But that was the game where I talked about the highlight. Like, that was the game where I saw Ant kind of really just show, like, look, man, like Jason, all you guys came to see, because it was in Minnesota. And I saw a lot of Minnesotans tweeting about Jason Tatum. And, oh, I get to see the Celtics. And the Celtics were undefeated. So handing them their first loss. I think that I agree with Reggie too. Like, you saw, like, oh, wait a minute. Celtics were undefeated. Everybody's talking about they might break this Warriors record. And the Timberwolves beat them. Maybe the Timberwolves are better than we thought. Because, yeah, those, if you could rewind time, and we and they win that Raptors game early on. I think we have a different thought about the start. That that start was like, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me. The Hawks and the Raptors, like, how do you lose to them? And then it felt like here we go again, same old Timberwolves. And it's not. This is a totally different team. So if they had won those early two, like if they were to switch the season up and put those games a little bit later, I think the Timberwolves probably start the season probably undefeated because that was their only two losses in that first six. Like they might have started six and zero as well and beat the Celtics, but. I think that was a needed two losses early to show them, like, look, we can't just come out here and think we're going to beat everybody because we're better. We have to play better, and that's what started happening. So this might be in the in the thirty for thirty Sports Center about those early two losses and then how they turned the season around after beating the Hawks or uh, Celtics.
0: Uh, it's the best in the West against the worst in Detroit. We'll break that down next on the Minnesota Basketball Party. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the new year. It's January of the new year. We get obsessed with how to change ourselves, how to make these dramatic resolutions. Sometimes we just have to expand on what we're already doing right. Um, Talking to a therapist could help with that. Just chatting with someone else, digging a little bit, finding our strengths, um, and just trying to make some, some quality, positive life adjustments That can be a really healthy way to kick off your new year. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try because therapy is really important. Uh, It's good for our mental health. Uh, And BetterHelp is uh, BetterHelp totally online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you're not comfortable, you can make a change, do what's right for you and celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com slash NBA and get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. We are also presented by FanDuel. And here's the promotion now. With the NFL into the playoffs, you probably want to join in, fun, at America's number one sportsbook. If you're a new customer, get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's bet 5 get 150 win or lose. And with that 150, you can do a same game parlay, build that out in the parlay hub, visit the explore tab for bet suggestions. They've got a lot of fun ones there, plenty more. I'm also eyeing up the Wolves Pistons line tonight, -12, Wolves favored, or -700 on the money line if you have a mortgage to spend on it. That's at FanDuel FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. All right, Ron Johnson, Mr. Detroit, talk to us about this Wolves-Pistons game tonight. The Pistons, Ron, are relatively red hot. They are coming off a win. However, Cade Cunningham, I read, is out of this Mm -hmm. game, and uh, the Wolves come in as the best team in the West. So how's it going to go down tonight? in Detroit.
3: Well, uh their knees are weak, their arms are heavy. It's vomit already on their sweaters. It's mom's spaghetti. Um they don't know what they wrote down. The crowd so loud. No, um Eminem is going to show up. You know, he showed up to the Detroit Lions game. I don't know if he's going to show up to the to the Pistons game, but I know Detroit is absolutely going crazy right now because they're about to host the Buccaneers, which I don't know if you guys saw that reporter that didn't know the Lions played indoors, bless her heart. Um, so I don't know if that energy is why, why the Pistons got their first or their first win in a long time, their four and, and whatever. I feel bad for Monty Williams, but here's how it should go down. Unfortunately, this is my Detroit Lions. I actually held Jay Nivey. Like I have a picture. I got to find that picture. I held Jay Nivey in my arms when he was just born. Nail Ivy, his mom, uh, played for the uh, Washington Mystics and uh Javen Hunter no sorry i think the Indiana Fever but they were playing the Washington Mystics and J Jay, J Javen Hunter his dad was my uh, teammate with the Ravens my our rookie year he was born in 2002 uh so i remember holding him in my arms and so i have a lot of love for Detroit uh Kate Cunningham put on the buffs as you guys saw Michigan with the turnover buffs so it's so much Detroit on that team but they are trash they are absolute trash Caitlin Clark would help them out right now at this point the way she shoots threes um So with that said, it should be an absolute blow. Like, there should be nothing in this game that makes people feel like like the Timberwolves play down to their opponent. These are the type of games where, like, even in the gym, if it's like me and four other athletes versus, like, four guys that can't dribble and one athlete, maybe a couple 60-year-olds, dominate. Beat them 15 to nothing is how we look at it in the gym. They shouldn't score on us. And that's how the Timberwolves have to walk into that gym. They have to feel like they are about to dominate every single possession. There's nothing you can do to stop us. This train is going to roll. And by the fourth quarter, we should see like Shake Milton and everybody else in the game. Anthony Edwards sitting back drinking some Gatorade, laughing with his teammates. That's what I expected. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't even have to play in the fourth quarter, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and it is the front end of a back to back too, so that'd be nice to get a little rest in the fourth quarter. Jack, uh, predictions for tonight?
1: Uh yeah, my prediction is that Anthony Edwards does not play. Um, mm. I, you know, I, obviously if the Timberwolves' training staff says Ant's good to go, I'll believe Ant's good to go. But um, he, he's got a little bit of a, a lingering left knee issue. Obviously, played through it on Sunday. Thirty-three points, played played tremendous. Um, but again, like this is the first time they've had two games off or two days off in between a game and over a month. Um, you play tomorrow in a national TV game against a Western Conference team, and then you have a huge game on Saturday. This is a game that should be a bloodbath with or without Anthony Edwards. I think the line is 11 and a half right now, which tells me that Ant is not going to play. I think that line would be pushing 15, 16, 17 points if Ant was, you know, going to play, but but we'll see. Um, yeah, I – the Timberwolves have dominated teams that are inefficient jump shooting teams. The um, the, the Pistons are, are the second worst jump shooting team in the league um, and, and the second worst uh, half-court offensive team in the league. And they don't have Cade tonight. And that's even with Cade Cunningham. Um, not having Cade, I, I don't think they have much of any chance. Um, and the Wolves should win this one pretty handily.
0: Um, I'm going to use my time to talk more broadly about how the Wolves – have dominated the worst teams in the league. So they start out the year, Ron talked about this, they lose to the Raptors, they lose to the Hawks. Those teams are currently in the bottom seven in the East. After that, look at the bottom seven in the East and the bottom seven in the West. So your 14 lottery teams. The Wolves have won their last 13 against teams that are currently in that position. They have 25 of those to go this year and 18 against the top 16 teams. So they play far more of the doormats than they do the elite teams. If they can win of those 25, if they can win at, I mean, what's realistic An 80% clip. So go 20 and five, and they may even be better than that. Um, there is an easy path for the wolves to win high fifties this year um, in terms of their win total, because they've got a lot of those type of teams coming up, including tonight. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like it's going to be harder than, than it needs to be. Weird things happen. Maybe there's some weird mojo in Detroit right now. But Reggie, talk me off the ledge here. I, I just have an uneasiness that not that they're going to lose, but that they're going to have to
2: work for it. It's because it's the Wolves, and you yeah, are traumatized yeah. from years yeah. past of yep. Wolves basketball just disappointing you. So yeah, Last it, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes sense that that's how you will feel. But I think this game, especially with no Cade, bloody massacre. I just think it is going to be so bad. It seems like Monty is like way in over his head. I actually don't know why the Pistons are as bad as they are. Like, I feel like they should be winning more games than they are, but... You know, like Monty is making it seem like the team is just so bad, but he's also kind of making it seem like he doesn't understand the game of basketball anymore. Like I don't, I don't really understand what's going on up there. Like he didn't turn the Suns around, and he can't do the same thing in Detroit. I just like the Monstars took his powers or something. I I don't know. I don't know what's what's going on up there in Detroit. Um, maybe maybe Ron can go and figure out the answers for his <laughs> beloved team but they should let me shoot suit up I mean, yeah well yeah maybe point. ron could go get them 30 tonight i, I don't, don't know. know about that i don't know about that 25 i can man. get you six
3: fouls i can foul out let me draymond green <laughs> they, they need a draymond green in detroit because yes like, they need. They, need Pistons. they haven't had anybody get into a fight like i know yeah. last time stewart got bust in the head and he had to chase lebron around like a toddler looking for a cell phone like <laughs> it, it just it was nothing like they have no body, like if I'm losing games, I'm lo- you're gonna know you were in a fight at least. Like they don't even have
2: that. Guys aren't elbowing guys, like not even pinched the they didn't even, even pinch the hey come on. It's a <laughs> scouting mission
0: tonight them? for the wolves. The wolves want to figure out who they're gonna trade for from that roster at the deadline. Alec Burks, maybe maybe that's the you target.
1: Even pinched I like that. <laughs>
0: Like Put Jaden yeah. on him and say, "All right, Jaden, I want you to absolutely give Alec Burks your best. And if he can score on you, then we're going to trade for him. This is his test." Uh Sam. So
3: tonight is Sam. I want yeah. to ask this though, because we always do this on the football party or the, uh, yeah. the all the parties. Did you do you know what movie that's from? The Reggie reference right there. Do you know it? Because I know you don't watch movies. That's yeah, the thing, I, Jack. I, Sam doesn't watch movies. Do you know what movie that's from?
0: What was the reference?
3: Did you even pinch the? The word is "b." We can't say that on this network, though.
0: Nope, I don't know it. Okay, I don't. Players'
3: know. Club. It was a fight in the in the strippers' locker room.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: And the girl, one girl movie. looked like she was in a fight, and the other girl didn't. So,
0: um, I've heard of the film. Nice, nice little motion picture. Haven't seen it though. Would you <laughs> That's
3: recommend where the Pistons need to go. They need to go to the Players' Club. Maybe that yeah. that'll help them. Out. <laughs> I know James Harden's been there numerous
0: times. (laughs) Um, The Pistons game is part of a four-game week between now and the next show. Pistons, Grizzlies at home, Thunder at home, big game coming up Saturday, and then the Hornets on Monday also at home. Um, Is this the week that I will predict a perfect Wolves week? We'll find out in a moment, but first let's see uh, what Reggie Wilson thinks about the week.
2: Reggie still thinking about players club. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I I do a win against Detroit. Uh, No Gigi Jackson formed against the Timberwolves uh, shall prosper. So uh, I'll go, I go a win against Memphis uh maybe maybe they maybe they lose that one to okc uh and and that that's the that's the week two and two and one two and one you why you gotta what's what's the gg jackson slander for that's the young pup no 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 there's no Gigi jackson slander i'm just saying like they can't you're not you to let, let them him get off them. Then I go, okay. yeah, they, yeah they can't do that he's the new he's young just, gun shack is from no
3: john no pun intended no, john ja, no ja morant he is the new young gun though i like him <laughs>
1: All right, we've got to get out of here. I'm going to go 4-0. The Pistons are terrible. The Grizzlies are terrible. They don't have Ja or Desmond Bain, Um, another bad team the Wolves should kill, and it's at home, National TV game. OKC, this is one of the hardest road trips in the league that they're on right now. They have to play at the Lakers, at the Clippers last night, and then the second night of back-to-back. In Utah at altitude uh, on Thursday, Utah is twelve and two in their last fourteen, and then at Target Center home Saturday night is their last game of a four game trip. Uh, I think the Wolves are going to win that game handily. I just think that's a scheduled loss for, um, for the Thunder. And Charlotte is one and fifteen in their last sixteen. Even with Lamelo back, that that team does not play a lick. of with defense. The big baller
3: shoes. He got so. the new big baller space shoes. I don't know if you've seen those. They're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Predictably horrible. So
1: I'm four zero. Pretty confident
2: couldn't, for him. Couldn't pick the OKC head coach out of a lineup to save my life. Like, <laughs> I was looking at him yesterday. I was just like, I have probably seen that dude like five or six times already, and he still looks like a new dude to me.
1: <laughs> he has a great commentary voice, though, if he goes into, mm-hmm. like, broadcasting after he's done coaching.
2: Okay, I'm going to
0: his name. I can't really spell it or say it, but, yeah, he's a guy. Um, Ron, did you did you make your prediction yet? I don't think you did. No,
3: I didn't. Uh, so... I three wins for sure. Pistons, Grizzlies, Hornets. Uh, I am looking forward to watching the, the, the Grizzlies though without job ja, because after the end, after the last game the Grizzlies had and, and GG got off, I'm like, oh, let me let me check this new kid out because you know, when job ja finally comes back next year, maybe this is the one two punch they needed. They got rid of uh, what's his name, the, the antagonizer, and now maybe they're changing their image. Maybe they're more of a basketball team and they're like, when job ja comes back, we're just going to play no guns, nothing. Um, but the Thunder one, that, that's the one for me that always throws me off because that's going to be the one and two teams in the West. That's going to feel like a Western Conference Championship game. The, the winner of that one should feel like, okay, who's going to play in the NBA Finals? could be the Nuggets as well. Uh, but but the Thunder, I don't know. But I'm going to say the Timberwolves start to show the world like we are who we are and we're ready for this. And Denny Green, rest, is, rest in peace, he's saying crown them. Y'all want to crown them? Crown them because that's where I feel like they're headed. But yeah, I'm gonna go four and zero. I'm gonna. I normally would be be three and one, but I'm gonna say you know what, Chet Holmgren, you're gonna get a healthy dose of Nas Reed, Rudy Gobert, and Cat. Like they're gonna they're gonna frustrate him when you watch how they did uh, Victor Wimbiamba. Um, I think Chet's gonna get that same dose, and so yeah, and, and you're gonna get the uh the 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 the, the Shea Gil Giltris versus uh Naw. Uh, so the family ties there. That should be a fun yeah. one. But, yeah, I'm going to go
0: 4-0. Yeah, I can't resist. 4-0 as well for me. We're on the 4-0 train. So Wolves, make us look smart. That's all for today on the Minnesota Basketball Party. Back with you next Wednesday. Wolves talk every Wednesday here on Locked Sports Minnesota. Catch Jack with Luke Inman on the postcast. And catch Ron Johnson on the Ron Johnson Show. Catch Reggie Wilson on Carol Evans Sports. Does a great job. Uh, So long, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota.